Welcome back to another episode of the Backcourt Boys. We are happy to join you. Not a lot of news that we're going to get into. It's probably going to be like a shorter episode, but I'm excited for it. Boys, how are we doing? Doing great. Can't complain. Doing great. But uh, you guys want to get into the top five uh, shooting guards? Yeah. Hop into it. Oh, yes. Small forwards. My bad. Uh, Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Oh, Ethan, step it up. I, I like Ethan stepping up. I always lay back. You guys. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. I don't want to go first. I'm to like forget the hottest, uh, the hottest ranking. So it's good for me to go first. Maybe it'll be forgot by then. Uh, um, should, should we qualify? We're counting KD as a small forward. Yes. There's some debate on that. Okay. We're counting them. One, LeBron. Two, Tatum. Three, KD. Four, Kawhi. Five, PG-13. Wait, can you repeat that? One, LeBron. Two, Tatum. Three KD, four Kawhi, five PG thirteen. I left off Jimmy Butler, um, Brandon Ingram. Before we were gonna have Tatum and KD, I was gonna have Brandon Ingram in my top five, so I left that off. But all right, all right, Mike, Mike, you're making faces, more yeah, faces than me, here, more faces than me, which isn't normal. So. <laughs> I think he might be frozen. Please <laughs> <laughs> leave us in. <laughs> what was my face like egregious i was you like were, why are they frozen i was like you, so were, you were frozen on the east face and it was so exaggerated on the screen for like 10 straight seconds <laughs> i'm mad. I just like i was like <laughs> <laughs> all right all right my mine's my, bridges in your top five so yeah. i don't want to cross about it i remember all lebron kd Butler, Kawhi, Tatum. Oh my God! All right, Ben. Go. Uh, I think I'm gonna really shake things up here. I have KD, Kawhi. Oh no, Tatum. No, man. LeBron. <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Dude. Jimmy Butler. Oh no. That's yeah, a- I think we gotta address LeBron. That's a four. Look at how they secured my boy. <laughs> dude yeah. i get from like a scoring perspective like four but like his overall impact and i know you watch him the most so maybe maybe you do know the most but all right so four. so uh so i think last year i don't think i have the most egregious ranking anymore ben you talk first yeah no i i definitely do and this obviously was a little bit of an ego hit and i'm probably underselling him but at this point of his career like I don't want to be sitting here saying that he's better than Kid. He's better than like, like he's performing so well. Average thirty. Like last year, he was unreal to watch. But just every year, chipping away, his team around him just isn't that good. His doesn't want to put in like a lot of regular season defense. Like, am I gonna sit here and lie to myself and say that, he, like, a guy like Tatum who's just like, or a guy like Kawhi when healthy, like they're just robots on both ends of the floor, like. Obviously, they're not LeBron coming down the stretch. There's or at least with Tatum speaking, like doesn't have that play. Like, you know, there's there's multiple reasons, obviously, why you're going to put LeBron over. But what is it? Year 20, like just having this expectation of him heading into this season to just be better than Katie, Kawhi, Tatum, Butler, like all these guys like day in and day out, 82 games, both sides of the ball. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just don't want to set the bar. I, I just don't want to set the bar too high for him. And I hope he overperforms, which he, I'm assuming, will. But yeah, like until this guy shows any signs of not being able to go out and get 28, seven and seven, whatever he wants, I'm just not 
putting anybody better than that. Even when KD was was playing as well as he was this past season, I still thought LeBron was better for when they both played. I, I think LeBron is – he's an anomaly because this guy put up 30 when he was 37 years old. We haven't seen that. But I get he takes plays off. But if LeBron really wanted to play defense – I think he would play pretty damn good defense. Yeah, I think it's won. an effort thing. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, no, I agree with what you're saying, Ethan. And honestly, what's honestly really affecting my ranks, which probably is unfair to him, but it's just the team. Like, he could be balling. He's going to score 30, score 27 maybe this year. But, like, yeah, but this is if, if they're not winning games, I know it's stupid to blame it on him. But, like, if it's just losing basketball and then he's load managing and then he's not playing all that much defense and they're sub 500, like – it's just going to be hard for me to put to put him up there. Like I feel like that's just bias at that point. Yeah, uh, my my thing is I definitely understand KD. I I almost put KD ahead of LeBron. My thing is how can you say Kawhi after he hasn't played a full year? Yeah, coming off is. an ACL, like yeah, no, that, that I'm is. sure he's going to be good. I still have him four, but I have him. Four. See, LeBron put up thirty, and Kawhi is the definition of rest and coming off an injury. I don't think he's going to be giving it his all. Yeah, I I agree. I I honestly just kind of love Kawhi. I'm not gonna lie. When he plays, he's he's underrated in my opinion. I think he's a top three player in the league when he's healthy. Proven how good he plays in the playoffs every single year consistently. But so that is probably a high ranking for him. But I think th- this ranking is kind of how I saw the performance of the player and the team going into this next season. And that's that's how I take the Celtics are. You know, I think KD is just amazing as a whole. Until he has one more bad year, one more playoff performance, I'm, I'm going to probably keep him at number one. Kawhi is not number one because he's coming off that injury. But I think the Clippers are a serious finals contender if they stay healthy. I think Kawhi is amazing in the playoffs. Um, Tatum, finals contender. Um, you know, he's an emerging MVP candidate potentially if he gets his assist numbers up. Uh, and then obviously Butler is just Butler's a dog. I, th- I think he's over Paul George and he's over uh, a couple other people to be number five. Yeah, I went I went Butler three, which is easily the highest, I think. I just, like, you saw, like, he was playing on one leg in the final series and still just being so dominant, and he's so good on the defensive end. Like, I think I was watching Nick Wright. He's the one guy, he made a good point. He's the one guy where, like, his regular season numbers are not that good. I think he averaged, like, 22, oh, yeah. 6, and 6. And then in the playoffs, his shooting splits go up, his points per game, his rebound, like, it, he, he, he rises to the occasion every single time. And what's funny, and what's funny is, as you said, like, he, he, and that argument can be taken as, oh, well, he, like, slacks off in the regular season. It's like, well, he must be doing something right as a leader, as a captain, as a whatever yeah. you want to call it, because they're the freaking one seat. Yeah, I feel like so he, it's, like. It's not like they're slouching boost. and they're, they're, yeah. a, they're a five seat and then he has to make up for it. They're a one seat. He's figuring. Yeah, no, no, he still cares. I just think he, like, tries to get people, other people's confidence yeah, up, yeah. get their offensive <laughs> games. Like, he just knows, like, I'm going to get mine. I don't really care about being third team all nba for the one seed like he wasn't the one seed best player in the number one seed in the east and i don't think he made a single all nba team so like he's not coasting like maybe like a lebron at this point but like he's just playing smart yeah. and then he just balls out in the playoffs and then in terms of tatum i think he is great but it's just the consistency you just see him in the playoffs he goes for 45 and then the next game it's four for 15 and he gets 18 points like it's yeah, just like man. he needs to get at his peak, he's probably number three on this for me. Actually, Kawhi, probably still number four. But he's better than Butler at his peak. He just needs to be more consistent. Yeah, maybe uh, I got to maybe I got to adjust to put LeBron at three because that that's kind of criminal. 
Tatum uh, Tatum sucks like forty percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why. Like, like I saw the, I understood the other two, Kawhi healthy and KD, yeah. but Tatum. Like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm switching that. So when we, <laughs> when we make when we make the Instagram edit. Graphic. Graphic. Uh, uh, no, it's no way. Once you say, once you say they're <laughs> anchors, it's yeah. I I had Tatum at two. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. Oof. And I don't think that's great. Like I, I'm by far the biggest Tatum fan on this, in this trio i just think tatum 25 like he is going to win an mvp in the next like four years i truly believe that i don't i don't know with jay yeah, there's gonna be a year where he goes like 29 eight like eight and eight or something and he's just the best player in basketball like i i truly believe the, the strides i know he's inconsistent but the strides that he took defensively the numbers he was like holding kd to the, the playmaking he was doing i was this it's finally coming all together I think this is the year. Last year was you, you saw it, but it wasn't every game. This year, I truly think is when he he goes nuclear. Yeah, the defense is what is what put him at least in my original ranking. Because he is very good at defense. What he did to Kevin Durant was crazy. They also had an unbelievable team defense, an unbelievable back yeah. line. Also, the defensive player of the year doesn't have to worry about it, help off Kyrie. So, but also you can't blame that against him. Like I don't know, that's also bleeding into team success. That also is, affects LeBron, so, I mean, I don't really know. But Tatum is inconsistent, and I think he – I mean, not, not to blame it was his first finals. He underperformed in the finals. You can blame that on inconsistency, youth. Maybe. First time being there, LeBron did it, so whatever. But I don't know. Those those, those are – I just think from a pure statistical standpoint, Tatum's too. And that's kind of what's what – What statistics, though? Yeah, he averages like four assists a game. Like, I don't think his playmaking is – In the playoffs, he, yeah. in the, he's kind of like Butler, though. In the playoffs, he took those numbers to a crazy leap. Let's look. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Ka- Kawhi is probably the Kawhi most – Kawhi probably the most efficient playoff. He did player. average more assists in the playoffs, right? He did average less points, though. Yeah, he hasn't played in a year. So, I just I'm, – I'm holding off on Kawhi. I got him four still. It's not a knock on, on him. He's – Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Kawhi's always kind of had, like, season-ending injuries that probably weren't even season-ending, but he just takes an extra five months off, which is why I don't think it affects him when he comes back, because although he's supposed to be rusty, he's one of the best players in the world with extra rest. So I think that's why he keeps on coming back from these long sabbaticals, and he just immediately hops right back into it, being a top-five player. Um, That's why I have him so high, and I just like his game. But I don't blame you guys for having him low. We haven't seen him in a year. I, I just got to see him. He hasn't played over like 60 games in a season too. And like the Clippers, even when he was healthy, they didn't, they didn't like do that good. I don't know. Like, like, yeah, it's, it's, not like it's not like they made it to Western conference finals with him. So it's really not, not living off his 2019 run, but I feel like some people kind of are because the regular season success hasn't been there and the playoffs really hasn't been there, but he still plays good in his own right, but the winning really hasn't been there. So I still got him at four. But yeah, I think I think this was by far like our best list of babies. It's it's so all over the place. Like I was fully expecting us to go LeBron, KD, and then maybe after there there'd be some debate. Then you really, you really yeah, shot. I, I threw it for a loop. <laughs> and once again, yeah, it, it's just ah, dude. Every year it's like these expectations on LeBron. It's like, and as a fan of him, wanting to like not see a decline. It's like oh, like just I hope there's just not as much expectation because like the expectations are. He's right now supposed to play like a top, you know, five player in the league, three player in the league. And, and, you know, if it all goes right, they're going to be battling back for finals contention. And like with the team they got and the age he's at, the just longevity of a season. And he's done it for so long, but just eventually like, 
if there's any sort of tail off, it's going to be all over the place. And I, I want to be the one that was early on it instead of shitting on them late after the fact. I just, I just can't blame them. That team is just so poorly constructed that like, like it definitely, what did they got? 38 and 48, 34 and 38, 48. 30. That's like unacceptable. Don't get me wrong, but. Oh, yeah. Hey, Disney never fucking plays. Westbrook, I, yeah, I know you love him. Horrible fit with the Lakers. Like, the Man. roster construction this year was just so brutal. You that, saw like, that video? What? You saw that video. We got a big comeback season. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we can do an entire segment on that. But, yeah, it's like – With Brickley in the corner. Their, 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 their team is just so, so poorly constructed around LeBron that – and especially at age 37, I can't hold it against them that yeah. much. I mean, my, one major story in the NBA, and I feel like we got to talk about it because he literally owns a team, is the Phoenix Suns. Robert Sarver has been banned one year from the team and is a $10 million fine for some not ideal workplace uh, behavior. Don't want to get too deep into it, but uh, what do you guys think, guys? Uh, I'll start real quick. Um, obviously, I don't think any of us are going to be defending Robert Sarver. Uh, I think the one thing I th- – and I kind of want to bring this point up. LeBron last night actually putting out some tweets about he thought that I think he he was on the stance that um, Sarver should have to sell the team, which I love LeBron. He's my GOAT. I know, Ben, you love LeBron. LeBron picks his points when he wants to speak up and when he doesn't want to speak up. This is a this is a pure example of LeBron speaking up. Should he sell his team? No. A, he would need a majority vote. I think this punishment is fair. If it gets worse or some, more stuff comes out, then maybe we have to go to a league vote with all the other owners to where this man might have to sell his team. I know Phoenix fans already want him out, not even for before this even came out. He's just not a good owner, doesn't like to spend money. Uh, he's kind of like a penny pincher in an NBA compared to other owners for a market that does have a good amount of money. So, that's kind of where I stand on it. I think the the one year ban is fine. Ten million to him, that's five dollars to us. So that's really, you know, just NBA trying to do their due diligence. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I I honestly think that I don't know. In my opinion, like with all this stuff coming out, it's just obviously frustrating to continuously see. Um, I think for someone who owns a team, ten million dollars and a and a $10 million fine and having to stay away from the team is honestly nothing to me. Um, obviously he owns the team. Um, you know, you know what I mean? You can't like always just force people to give up what they own and what is rightfully or, uh, legally theirs. But, um, I do think that this should be, uh, taken to a vote. I do think that the owners in the league should be able to vote him out of his ownership, um, for this. So I think that that should be where this goes and how that should take place. Yeah, I, of course, agree. It's just like, I don't get how in the age of, like, 2020, you're doing the things that he do- he does not to get too in-depth on it. And, like, I see it getting compared to Donald Sterling, and I think that is, like, a little different. The problem was Donald Sterling had that phone call leaked. It's and audio. Everybody saw that, and it was so damning. I think he literally just basically said, I don't want to hang out with African-American people, like, like just disparaging Boy. them. That so So I don't think it's – Obviously, maybe if something comes out regarding Sarver, like a direct thing that he said, then maybe you're going to have to sell the team. But I think after a year, this this won't go away, but I think people will kind of stop stop talking about it a decent amount. But I think it is it is good of the, about the NBA that they got ahead of this, punished him, and kicked him out for a year. And hopefully Phoenix fans stay vocal. 
maybe eventually we'll sell the team. It kind of reminds me. Yeah, that's the one thing I was going to bring up. It's nowhere near the Donald Sterling just because they did have that audio of him. That was just clear-cut evidence. Like, you can't back that. Not saying you can back this, but I'm saying it's not as severe as Donald Sterling's was. This situation kind of reminds me of Daniel Snyder, uh, the, the owner of the Washington football commanders, whatever you want to call them. He's had some terrible workplace uh, sexual misconduct, things like that happen. He's kind of just been pushed to the side. His wife's taken over the team now uh, accordingly. This kind of reminds me of that. You know, he's going to be away from the team for a year. So what? I mean, he's going to come back in a year. Everybody's going to forget about it. Unless he does something again, then maybe we'll have to go to a league vote. So. Yeah. I, I would just take this like the, from like the player's perspective, though. I mean, once again, as I said before, obviously, if someone owns a corporation, they own, they legally, contractually own a franchise, all this stuff. Like, it's it's a hard and it's a process to, to have any sort of changes over someone that owns something. But, you know, from the player's perspective, like – having to go to work every day and, and this just applies to other people and not just in this in this like field in this industry of, of sports but just having to and there's always corruption at the top there's always bad people at the top sometimes in certain things so this obviously isn't something that's completely uh crazy to hear because unfortunately this stuff happens more often than it should um but it's it's gotta just suck um for the players and everyone under him uh you know obviously some of the females that were involved in the organization that had to deal with and everyone that just uh, had to deal with kind of the stuff that he was doing and the way he was acting and the things that he was saying. Uh, I just hope, yeah, as I said, whether, whether it's from the players, the fans, the owners, hopefully uh, some more some more changes can be made. Yeah, and I would say the NBA is probably the one league where, like, I could legitimately see, like, the players maybe not riot, like, not rioting, but, like, protesting this. Like, if CP3, Booker, and Aiden were, like, we don't want to play for this guy. We're out. Like, that's the one league. Like, NHL, they, they don't really care about all that shit. NFL, they'll cut you in a second. But, like, if the players did take a stand, I don't think they will. There hasn't been anything, like, official yet. But if the Suns players banded together, what's Sarver going to say? Like, nah, like, like all you guys go. So, like, that's something to kind of monitor. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. Yeah, if the, this is the last thing I'll say. If the Clippers players played after the Sterling stuff came out, even though he was, you know, let go, I think they'll have no problem playing. So I think it's just a terrible situation. It's, it's, I'm not going to say it's a good look for Silver and the fact that he kind of got in front of it because one of his owners still came out as, you know, misogynistic, racist, all this stuff, according to sources. So I, I just, that situation for the NBA. But do we you know, want it, it, it's, it's horrible, especially like as stupid as it was, like, when the NBA went to like calling them governors and everybody's like, Oh, like overreacting, like racist stuff. Like, and then you actually have this shit, like this guy's kind of racist. That's not a bad, bad look. That's a bad look for the league. It's definitely not good. Do we want to, um, since there hasn't been a lot of news, we kind of alluded to that. We want to talk about the redeem team trailer that came out on Netflix real quick. Personally, for me, this is probably the best group of basketball players. I think we'll ever see in our lifetime. I know our parents, grandparents, had the dream team in 92. This is the dream team to us. I think that this team was better than the dream team. Maybe that's just me being, you know, that kind of being my generation. But this team was absolutely loaded. This documentary looks sick. It's a shame that Kobe's not here to talk about it. But I think it's going to be cool seeing some of the background footage because I actually read a book on Mike Krzyzewski about 
couple months ago, and he talks about the dream team and how Kobe was the glue and the most important piece of that team because he he kind of didn't want to, A, join them, but also didn't want to be a leader. He was kind of, you know, on his alpha solo grind. He came in and just was the glue for everything. So that's going to be awesome to see. What do you guys think about that trailer? What do you guys think about that team? Are you excited for it? Yeah, dude, that, that that team was so loaded. Like, you watch the highlights, and it looks like they're playing on, like, a nine-foot hoop. Like, they dunk everything. Dwight Howard just got his balls in some, like, Chinese <laughs> player. So, like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, shame Kobe's not there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they, like, cause tension in it. Because, like, to my knowledge, they blew out, like, everybody until the, the title. The Spain game is, like, one of the yeah. better games of, like, all time. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's like like early early stages. It's gonna be interesting, like in the, the group round when they were like just dogging teams from that perspective. But I, I'm jacked up. I'm looking forward. forward yeah, to it. I th- I think throughout to, to your point, Mike. I think they're not really gonna talk about kind of the issues they had as much during the season. It's all gonna be you know kind of as as it's obviously called the redeemed team. It's all gonna be kind of about the I'm assuming the culmination uh, the accumulation of the team how it's all about kind of getting away from obviously their last performance four years prior um and kind of how they're gonna try to like get that team together get all those personalities together because obviously in the nba um it's definitely a lot more individual egos and all that kind of thing so you know putting together sometimes these teams it's, it's a little more interesting than you think i don't know how many if it even is episodes i'm curious to see the length of it just because we did Ben, to your point, it is kind of going to highlight what happened before. They they lose N04, an embarrassing effort. They get all these stars together. In the book of, with Coach K, LeBron was not the LeBron he is now. He, like, didn't care. Coach K and, you know, Kobe D-Wade had to, like, recruit him, talk to him, be like, listen, we need you. You're the best player, the most athletic player. We need you to step up and, you know, be that dominant force for this team to make sure that we win. And that Spain game, Kobe makes some plays in that game. It's actually unbelievable. Ricky Rubio, that's kind of where his stock rose. Didn't really pan out, but that that Spain team was loaded too. The Gasol brothers, Rubio, they had some good players. So really excited. Rudy Fernandez too, or am I making that up? I think they had, yeah, Rudy Fernandez. They, they just had some dogs. I'm curious to see what happens in the future with all these international players getting like Pretty legit, Luka, Giannis, Jokic. All they need is like a number two, and USA might need to start putting together like. Yeah, dude, I was about to say like we have not seen like legit USA basketball teams. It's like obviously that was like peak twenty twelve. A lot of the players went, but sixteen it was like Carmelo Anthony like led the squad, and then past year Bam Adebayo was the center. Yeah, (laughs) like like we need to get back to like hopefully in twenty twenty four everybody goes because you're gonna have Luka, Giannis, Jokic. I mean US. Canada, U.S. should still, like, smoke them and win, but it's going to be, like, a lot closer and a I lot agree. better. I think maybe it's just people not wanting to miss out, but in baseball, they do the World Baseball Classic this year, 2023. A lot of, like, the star MLB players, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Freddie, like, all of those guys are going. Yeah. So I think it's you're kind of seeing, like, these players want to compete more. It'll be cool. I love watching the countries play. I love watching the World Cup. I love watching, you know, the Olympics. But that'll be really awesome. I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, dude. Speaking of not not to talk about this too much, but like the international, like while we were gone, like the Giannis versus Jokic game, like those highlights yeah. were absurd. Unbelievable. Yeah. Did you see the one Luka Doncic like 
like fade three. Oh my god, Euro basket is like the most entertaining basketball I've ever seen in my life. There's just players that that translate so well over there too. Like Mo Wagner's going for 25 and 12 over <laughs> over in Euro basketball. Comes to the league, he's still an okay backup, but just nowhere near the beast he is. That's, that, that's why I, I I've come to like question like. Like Luca, and I don't know if some of the other guy, like main guys, like Yoga Giannis, have said this, but Luca has mo- on multiple occasions come out and been like, which is probably, I guess, in some ways, schematically true. But they always like hype up, like obviously there's better individual defenders in the NBA because of size, athletic ability, talent, blah blah blah. But they always say for some reason, and international players at least, that team defense it's harder to score 30, 40 in international play than it is in the NBA. But then we're seeing, which I guess makes sense because, you know, maybe there's just different rules and, you know, they just care more about defense, interior defense, all the, all the different schematic stuff. But how can you back that up when Mo Wagner looks like he's like 96 MJ in a Eurobasket game, like dropping 30? And he's like, yeah, as you said, like he's just not doing that in the NBA. Like uh, you can't sell me on there's better defense over there. It might just also be him for i think he plays for germany don't call me on that but it might just be him being like the star player on that team versus when he comes to the league he's maybe the ninth tenth man if lucky yeah. it might just be a product of that yeah it's gonna be a, lot, a little bit of different things dennis rovers balling out and he was I, I think he'll get signed by a team he should he's playing really good over there yeah yeah he had a terrible stint with the Lakers. Holy crap! And then literally, <laughs> right, right as the right as the Celtics got rid of him this season, they went on like a historically yeah. successful run. What, last, what did like, he turn down from four for uh, the Hawks? What? No, he turned down from the Lakers. I think four for eighty-four. She needed to get like one for like nine yeah. or something. That's why. That's why I always say like like bet on yourself works when you maybe you're like trying to be like the difference between like a max and a super max. But like for a guy like Dennis Schroeder, that's you like you gotta know like your role. Like Dennis, that is the best contract Dennis Schroeder's yeah, gonna get. Yeah, Aaron Judge yeah. bet on himself this year. He can do that. He's a he's a superstar. Dennis yeah, Schroeder. But, yeah, yeah, even if Aaron, even if Aaron Judge had like a thirty home run season, he was still getting eight two hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like like Schroeder, like especially in the NBA, like. I'm just you know your role, know what you're yeah. and, and it's and it's also like a knowing your role, but also like knowing like a point of your career, like. It's not like Dennis has this size or ability where, like, give him two more years and he's going to have that increased role because of how much better he's getting. Like, I think what we're seeing from Dennis Schroeder is just about what we're going to get for the rest of his career. Betting on yourself for some big jump is just stupid. Nolan's the well did the same thing, I think, with Dallas. I could be wrong. He he had, like, a big deal. And he he took, like, the qualifying offer, which was, like, $4 million. And then he tore his ACL and was done. But – all right, guys, welcome back to another edition of The Wheel. It is back after a short absence. So today we have potential breakout player, favorite NBA shoe, worst NBA fan base, and our favorite basketball mixtape. Let's spin that wheel and see what we land on. The wheel is just. We have potential breakout player. Oh, I'll start us <laughs> off. Once again, I'm going to go with my main man, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I said he's going to be an all-star. I stand by that now. No DeJounte Murray, no Donovan Mitchell in the West. He's going to average around 25-ish points per game, I would say, with this roster. No Chet now, so that's going to cut into the points per game, allocate that, some places to go. I just think Shea Gilgis, 
he's so shifty and the things he could do around the rim finishing for a guard is just incredible. His three, his three point shot. And eh, I'm not in love with it, but he shoots, he likes to tend to shoot it a lot. His spot ups actually not horrendous. It's just not where you want it to be with a back star backcourt star like Giddy, but the opportunity is there for Shea to be a all-star this year. I think that he's averaged somewhere around 22, 23 points per game. But this year, I could see him going for, you know, 25, 26, if all things go right, if he's really in his bag. I've seen some videos of him torching, like Payne Pritchard, which holds about no volume whatsoever. Still an NBA backup guard. So I think I think my man SGA is in a prime position to, to lead us out of that lottery, and then we'll trade back in for uh, Vic. So I that? like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. The part with, with Murray and Mitchell, added that, that, that opens up two all-star spots. Yeah, I think, I think Shea slides into that. There we go. Malik, what do you think? What? Uh, who's your player? Who's your play? Oh, I like what I think of Shay. I was like, I just but uh, I, my player is, I don't know if this is like breakout because he had a great rookie season, but I think Cade Cunningham really like established himself as a top 20, 25 player, maybe even higher. You look at Detroit, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but they've been, what? What's so funny? 25. That's, that's high, Mike. Top 25, yeah. I think he's already like top fifty, definitely top maybe top forty. What did he average last year? I'm gonna pull this up right now. It might be like sixteen, eight and eight. Am I making that up? Not yeah, that yeah. So so if he takes another, it's, it's like that's what that's what Lamelo put up his rookie year. Yeah. So yeah. No, no, no. I he put up I, seventeen, six and six. Like so, yeah. Lamelo put up like I think it's seventeen, six six two. So you look at he has new toys. He has Jaden Ivy to play with another off the ball guard that's well not really off the ball but like like a guard that can also like carry a lot of the weight and yeah Detroit have been brutal for the past like five years and I don't think they could maybe fight for a play-in that the final play-in but yeah I think I think they'll be winning around 35 games and I think Cade can go to that 28 and 8 range and at then I mean I, I'd say he's like a top 30 player he's yeah. really the complete package 6-8 can move like a guard his defense isn't like fantastic can shoot it i'm very high on him i think he's gonna be a future superstar it sucks that although like i don't want don't want to watch the pistons all the time they have zero nationally televised games like, it's so stupid yeah that is stupid they, have a, they should have at least one yeah like 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 do like the pistons versus the magic or something like cade yeah. versus paulo or something like friday night nba tv yeah the ESPN, friday night something okay. America can really save save some pain by watching the late. Watching yeah, like yourself. Like one, one, one less night a year won't hurt. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm going with. Like, I like that. I I've alluded to it on this podcast a couple weeks ago. I'm gonna have to cut. I'm gonna have to cut that. My thing just like. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll just cut it because I gotta edit some shit. Who's going really wrong with this? Uh, There's some sus. Yeah, you you were like still fine. I right, get get back into it, Blake. Get back into it. You're talking about Kate. Yeah. So I've always been on the the train this year. I think Kate is going to be a 28 and 8 guy, like you said, Mike. I think the sky's the limit for this kid. There's a reason he was a number one overall pick. Shoots the three extremely well for a point guard. Plays pretty good defense. Can pass the ball. I think Ivy's a perfect fit next to him. For a guy that can kind of take the pressure off of him, ball handling, uh, this kid's going to be a superstar. You're right. It's it's good for Detroit that they got their guy. Mm-hmm. Ben, who yeah. you going with? Yeah. All right. So so my top three 
is Moses Moody, um, Patrick Williams, and Evan Mobley. I think our three players are going to make all obviously different levels of what kind of breakout, but I'll, I'll kind of focus in on Patrick Williams. Um, I think that supposedly the Bulls are very – all the executives that have been seeing him play, very, very high on him. He also was supposedly looking very, very good and was playing decently well um, before he – I'm pretty sure he had, like, ligaments injured in his wrist. Or something. Yeah. something wrong yeah. with his hand. Yeah, so, one, the injury was nothing to do with his legs, lower extremities, <laughs> knees, feet, anything to do with his athleticism has not been compromised. Um, so that's not going to be a concern. Um, I think he's got a developing offensive game. I think the reason that's holding him back from a true, like, I mean, I don't think he's some, like, superstar, but what's holding him back from maybe putting up the numbers that would be more, like, eye-popping, um, grab-your-attention stats is that he's obviously on this Bulls team where he's going to be that, like, Swiss Army knife with Caruso, um, doing the little things, playing defense, rounding out that roster, because obviously DeRozan um, and Levine are going to, Vucevic are going to be taking the bulk of those shots. But I do think that if he develops a three-point shot, he's going to be a very good Swiss, Swiss Army knife. And if they don't have the money to pay him and he develops the way that he could and the way that they're supposedly showing and saying within the Bulls organization, he might go somewhere else and and uh, and really continue to break out and be a good player. Yeah, he should. I love his nickname. I think they call him the Paw. That's awesome. Yeah. He's like a defensive just maestro. He mm-hmm. should be a little – better than what like Herb Jones is for the Pelicans and then be a little lesser or the same as like what DeAndre Hunter is for the Hawks that kind of player that that can do some things offensively on his own but doesn't need to because he's on a team with better offensive players and then just plays lockdown defense so I'm and I think that's just so important for good teams like that just really rounds out a a team that just needs something like that that. yeah I I, I think he's gonna have a good NBA career but like the fact he went fourth overall is still that was crazy. Like, oh, yeah. like, like on draft night, we were all like, "What?" Like, I, I, I'm like, I, I honestly have not seen him play a lot, but I, I, I think he will like be like yeah, a six army knife. But like at fourth overall, you're not looking for a yeah. sixth man of the year. You're looking for a future stud, and he's probably not going to be that. But he's definitely so underrated by guys like me probably right now because we just view him as a bust. That I think he could surprise a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, if the backcourt wheel uh, landed on, you know, great draft picks, I wouldn't be saying Patrick Williams at four, but <laughs> we landed at potential comeback slash breakout player. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with someone that's kind of kind of coming out of it. Quick thing before we head off, the Magic absolutely fleeced the Bulls and that Vucevic trade. Mike, yeah. I know you're big on Vuce, but they got Wendell Carter, who's 15 and 10. Uh, Franz Wagner, a couple other picks. I mean, that's a great deal by the Magic. Yeah, yeah. And then ben, ben, I'm also just curious, like Moses Moody, like I just don't see like him league. getting. Yeah, he's great in summer league, but like the minutes, I just don't think he's gonna get yeah, a ton. Like, yeah. So I mean, I, I guess, guess that was. was I mean, yeah, once again, that's kind of why I wouldn't call him like a breakout player for like, you know, that would once again be grabbing headlines or nothing like that because of his role. But honestly, like. You you can you can argue that obviously Kuminga has uh you know a bigger upside just due to his freakish athleticism and I'm pretty sure he's a little bit younger. Um, he's one of the youngest players in the league last year. Uh, but honestly, if you watch Moody play, he was way more ready to get in the game. He got some run in the playoffs, if I'm uh if I'm correct, and he looked very comfortable. He made shots when he was on the floor, and just being a he just looks like a very comfortable scorer. 
who doesn't look rattled by the moment. And if he gets on the right team with a bigger role, I think he could be a good scorer in this league. I mean, he was drafted high for a reason. You guys got anything else? Uh, no, nah, I'm good. Mike, we got uh, Miami minus five this weekend. Thoughts real quick before we head out? Dude, I don't even know. Like, like I think they're either going to get very odd out. teams. I, what? Two very odd teams, I think, A&M and Miami. Yeah, no, it's, it, I think Miami's either going to kill them or Texas A&M's going to kill them. I really don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Texas A&M has looked horrible. That's yeah. the thing, dude. That's where, like, I don't want to get hyped up because they lost the freaking App State. But, like, it's Miami, dude. We're not back yet. Wait, who was their week one game again? They were, like, abysmal to watch, too. I think they, like, squeak, squeaked yeah. out. A and M, they had a they had a big delay week one, I think. I think it was Stephen uh, F. Austin or something. Uh, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll probably stay away from that game, but it should be a good. I think that's a three thirty ABC game, right? Oklahoma minus eleven, I think, is the play. I, that's Nebraska's a not going to get it. They suck. Nebraska sucks. I know, but the in, the interim coach, any dude, hire them boys up. One and two, one and two lost to Northwestern and Georgia Southern. And I wouldn't. Yeah, they're, they're very bad. That's an odd line, though. 11, it, it should be a lot higher. Yeah. All right. All right. Good job, um, boys. Thanks for, thanks for listening, uh, everybody. You can find us now on Spotify and Apple Music, as well as this YouTube channel. So feel free to drop a like, leave a review, five stars. Don't be shy. Leave a comment, what you like, what you dislike, what we can work on. And as always, we'll talk to you next week. Boys, take care. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir. Have a good one. It was a pleasure. One.